How long have you guys been breaking ground for? How long has it been a process? Five years. This has oh, been a five-year process. No way. Because getting the permits was a huge pain. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. And, and you guys actually, I think, built a structure from the ground up, right? Yep, from the ground up. This episode is brought to you by our sponsor, Reup Recovery, high-quality products that provide fast-acting pain relief. Created by working stunt professionals, their pain relief roll-on formula allows you to overcome ailments and then relax with anti-inflammatory ingredients in their deep tissue cream. Visit reuprecovery.com and use the code JAM to save 20%. What's up, guys? Today's guest is a professional stunt woman. Please welcome to the Jamcast, Lorena Abreu. Hello. What's, a, <laughs> what's the proper way to say your name? Uh, Lorena or Lorena Abreu or Abreu. If if I know you're talking to me, then it's yeah. fine. My tongue just can't do the rolling thing that well. So Oh, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so how's everything been? Like, it's crazy. I didn't know for the longest time that you're here in Los Angeles now. Yeah, I actually moved here in 2019, but I wow. went back home to Texas for the pandemic because my dad's actually a pulmonary and ICU doctor. Wow. So he told me like three days before the shutdown, Lorena, fly home because everything's going to shut down. No way. And I thought, this is a little dramatic i said that sounds a little crazy exactly. but then like three days later they shut everything down wow that's but crazy. i kept my apartment here the whole time and thankfully my um stunt work has picked up for no reason whatsoever <laughs> since october last year <laughs> so i've been here working here and well there. there's a good reason there is a lack of talented females for you know for i guess lack of a better explanation so mm. someone as talented yourself you're definitely going to have a huge career as long as you just continue to like not get injured and yeah. stay safe. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, but, thank you so much for yeah. the kind words. Of course, of course. But I guess the, the the cool thing about it, though, is that obviously you're here in Los Angeles now, but I do see you take a bunch of trips back to Texas, and it's for a very good reason. And so what is the reason you go back to Texas? I know it's uh, kind of like hooked into this gym that's in development right now. You can let people know about it. Yes, thank you for bringing it up. I appreciate it. So <laughs> my mom is building a multi-use sports facility okay. that is going to be completely indoors. It's going to feature four indoor tennis courts, wow. which will be the only indoor tennis courts in McAllen, in far Texas, within a 150-mile radius. So for a place that gets to 115 degrees in the summer, yeah. it's going to be the closest tennis courts beyond the ones that are three hours away. Wow. And okay. it's going to have a multi-use gymnasium for our after-school kids program, which is the fun program. They're getting rid of recess and PE in a lot of schools, unfortunately, and no the school way. districts around there. So okay. we want a place for kids to engage in physical education and sports without the necessity of it being competitive, Yeah, you yeah, know, totally. just to play sports, to have fun. Have fun, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and... That first floor will also have four studios Crazy. where we'll offer, I'd imagine, yoga, Pilates, dance classes, martial arts, perhaps, and a cross-training gym. Yes. Like a full-on cross-training fitness area. And the second floor of all of that is the parkour gym. Crazy. Yeah. That is insane. And it, this, I mean, for anyone <laughs> that hasn't seen videos of this place, it looks massive. Do you know how many square feet it is? Uh... Is it, I think it might be like, I'm scared to say the wrong number. <laughs> I mean like <laughs> right? yeah. 10,000. Um, really? Wow. It, yeah, it's really big and I'm really, really excited about it because, well, I guess I'll just start from the top, but I'll make it brief. My yeah. mom, many years ago, 
told me that she wanted to build a gym okay. that included a parkour gym. She okay. fell in love with parkour ever since she met the community, ever since she yes. saw me going to jams and saw guys just being very wholesome and spotting me and giving me advice and tri- working up safely yeah, to yeah. doing parkour things. She fell in love with the sport. She wanted to open a facility that featured a parkour gym. Okay. And I told her, I'm not trying to live in South Texas. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, but can you help me? I said, yes. Totally. So I'm the project coordinator, and it's a blanket term for just doing <laughs> what needs to be done. Yes, yes. So I've, um, I've made the website, I, the socials, of course, and I've put together the parkour team. Um, I'm working on putting together the parkour team that's nice. going to work there. And uh, Brandon Douglas gave us... Uh, a basic layout of like where the spring floor would go, where the big elements of the gym would go okay. on Google SketchUp. And then thankfully I, from a random skill from senior year, I used Revit to build out the rest of the parkour gym. Totally. Okay. So we got, we're getting to revive a couple of dead spots. Yes. I've seen I literally this. cried when they just <laughs> demolished Singapore, when yes. they demolished a uh, bedrock maze in Singapore. Yes. So I, with CP's help, Dennister's help, yeah, yeah. I got the dimensions. No way. And I put two pieces of actual bedrock maze in there. Crazy. Okay. I just watched a bunch of videos and saw which parts of the maze people used the most. Yeah, yeah. And thanks to um, Joseph Marx's help, yes, we got the actual dimensions for Vauxhall. Yes. So Vauxhall's right next to Bedrock Maze, the actual Vauxhall. So sick. We've had to make some adjustments here and there for stability yeah. because, you know, this is plywood and they're, they're very sturdy, but the thankfully the small changes only add challenges. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, Christ. it's going to be massive. The tallest structure in the gym reaches uh, 17 feet. Whoa, no way. <laughs> yeah, and Insane. we even got a descent wall and we're going to have a foam pit. Okay. The free running quote unquote area that is going to be designed to emulate Santorini. Yeah. Uh, Joey Adrian consulted with me on that. So awesome. I literally had Joey Adrian on Zoom <laughs> telling, and I asked him, okay, Joey, if you were standing here, what do you wish you had? Yes, <laughs> you <know? yes. laughs> and that's how I did that entire area. <laughs> Crazy. And so, like, what's the name of the gym or what's it going to be called? And where's it located for people interested in it? Sorry, I just realized that I talked a lot. Um, so that's, this- <laughs> that's what the point of this podcast is. <laughs> People aren't on here to hear me talk. They're here to hear me ask a question and then you elaborate. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, the gym is going to be called Quisqueya with a K because Quisqueya with a Q is the Taino or the native name for the island that has the Dominican Republic and Haiti. Okay. So yeah, Quis- Hispaniola is the name that the colonizers gave it. Okay. Uh, Quisqueya is the original Taino name of that island. And that's where we're from. That's where my family's from. Ah, I was so So, curious when I saw it. Quisqueya with a K. I had no chance (laughs) of saying it, but I was curious. And then when do you guys expect to open to the public? There have been a lot of delays, obviously, because of COVID and a lot of unexpected changes. The price of wood went up 600%. Yes. That's an actual figure. Yes. (laughs) That's crazy. Um, Uh, Because of COVID delays, we can't be super sure, but it's looking like June. Wow. And how long have you guys been breaking ground for? How long has it been a process? Five years. This has oh, been a five-year process. No way. Because getting the permits was a huge pain. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. And, and you guys actually, I think, built a structure from the ground up, right? Yep, from the ground up. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry about that. Bless you. That's I think. crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. So you actually like poured the concrete, built a structure, built the yes. walls and everything. Yes. I got to be there for the groundbreaking. Yeah, it was a whole thing. 
That is wild. And so how many people are you guys going to have to have on staff? Is this like a massive undertaking? That I don't know. Thankfully, uh, we have uh, our general manager and a business uh, administrative manager, I guess, designer. <laughs> She's helping my mom design the business structure of the gym. Her name is Maggie Spalos, okay. and she is actually a former parkour coach herself as well. <laughs> Yo, and I she still it. trains parkour. She's so cool. She used to be rail flow is not lame on Instagram. Oh, yeah, yeah. I totally <laughs> yeah. know who that is. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah totally. And now, she, now she's cultivate movement on Instagram, but I love her. She knows the answer to that question. I don't. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but uh, right now we uh, have our quote unquote seasonal coaching staff uh, kind of planned out, ready to go. So we have hired one, two, three, four, five. Five parkour people total. Okay. We're looking to hire. And, and will, you, will you go back and help quite often or just check in? Yeah, of course. Yeah, whenever I have time, whenever I can, I go down. Uh, we actually just met four of them recently. Okay. Uh, so I flew down for that. There's literally one guy in the area who trains parkour. So yeah. we've had to uh, look for coaches out, out of state. Okay. And for them, my mom has a house, a couple of houses down from ours. That we call the Fortaleza. Nice. <laughs> it's a little nod to Exatlon, the show I was on. Uh, she bought that house for my grandma to live in, but she remodeled and expanded it to have a lot more bedrooms. So we're going to, we've invited the coaches to stay there. Wow. Sick. For uh, a seasonal or trial period of three months. See if they like it. That way it's no risk. They don't have to, you know, yeah. get an apartment. And if they like it and we like them, and they stay. Super cool. Well, I'm excited to see what happens. It looks like an astronomically huge gym, so it'll be a huge part of the community, Thank I'm sure. you. Oh, and I, I forgot to mention the gym also has a 54-foot bouldering wall. No way. First there. floor, or where is this at? On the, in the parkour gym. Holy yep. crap. Behind Vox Hall. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah. Well, yo, everyone check it out when it when it comes out. I'm sure there'll be a huge grand opening, so. Absolutely. Hell yes. And so like with that being tied in, obviously your mom like learned about the parkour community through yourself. How did you learn about parkour? If I'm not mistaken, like you were back in college when you first discovered it, right? Yeah, I was a whole adult. I was at Full Sail University in Orlando studying film. Okay. And some guy in class said, yo, you guys want to go check out this gym that has parkour on Saturdays? I was like, yes. <laughs> I didn't really know what parkour was, but it sounded cool. Okay. So <laughs> I... I went, it was just, you know, it was just a cheer gym with a spring floor and like a few mats. But there I met some of the local community. I met Gareth, you know, from Rilla yeah. Hops. And through him, I met Jimmy and Caleb afterwards. And it first started with me just going out to film them, to make videos for them ah, okay. and make YouTube videos. And of course I was trying parkour, but I never thought I could be an athlete. Yeah, yeah. I always liked doing sports, but I was never really good at any of them. <laughs> but parkour went from being something I was kind of trying to do to a hobby, to a full blown, you know, frequent pastime to a full on obsession, like and, very quick. And so did you have any <laughs> acrobatic background at all? Or what were the sports that you did as a kid? Did any of them lend itself to parkour? I think so, because the sports that I did tended to be power sports. Okay. I played baseball as a kid. Wow. I competed in tennis through high school. Uh, I liked dancing. <laughs> yes, yes. So I had some base level proprioception. I did track and field in the second grade. Oh, So okay. I knew how to jump, and I knew how to plyo. Okay, so, okay. Yeah, that I, so the jumping is what felt most natural to me. 
And so how quickly did you get obsessed with the sport, I guess? Did you like start practicing every day or what was the progression of that? Yeah, it, it became very quick. I think within three months of me being around parkour people, I was gone. Wow. I was all the way gone. No I was, way. It was all I could think about. I went to sleep. It was all I was thinking was the challenges that I wanted to do because it filled a hole that I didn't even know that I had. Because yeah, yeah. I've always been very hyperactive. I could not sit still. I'm either being very hyper and moving around or I'm asleep. I have, I've accidentally, (laughs) I've accidentally conditioned myself to literally knock out when I don't have enough stimulation. Crazy. (laughs) Like it was bad. And you like in university, you know, it's not, it's not useful. Yeah. But parkour taxes you in a way that's very different to other sports Mm -hmm. because parkour for me personally is taxing mentally. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mostly because I'm scared all the, scared out of my wits all the time. I'm a huge baby. I'm scared of everything, (laughs) (laughs) but also because you know, parkour is about putting together a line, you know, minimizing things that are inefficient or things that just don't look nice. Yeah. That's like putting a puzzle piece together totally and filming it putting it on the ground <laughs> the process and so i only ask this because like nowadays we're very very lucky with the so many gyms that exist and stuff like this back when you started it wasn't that big of a sport so just in general were you one of the only females within your community or did you have other females to train with back then yeah i was i used to kind of suffer well not suffer i used to kind of had that that pick me girl mentality yeah. Because I, I didn't understand the necessity for female-only parkour spaces or conversations that I was seeing other women trying to have in the community online. Yeah. Because when I started, I literally was the only girl. Totally. There wasn't an actual parkour gym. and I don't think I had a gym to actually train at for the, my first three years training. And then Nikki came along, and it was just me and her. But wow. for a long time, it was just me. But the guys never made me feel uncomfortable they never made me feel otherized. Yeah, yeah. Just, I suppose, in my particular community, especially with Caleb and Gareth, it just felt very normal. I didn't even think about the fact that I was the only girl until I saw those conversations happening online, discussing the disparity between men and women in the community and the effort to make more female-inclusive uh, events and spaces. And at first, I didn't understand. I didn't see the point. I said, <laughs> you know, I was like, if you like parkour, you just do it. And... This, but I'm going to bring up this anecdote because I think it's really relevant. The thing I was trying to understand, it's not like I was trying to be like, I'm not like the other girls, Totally, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I really didn't get it. I didn't get it until I was teaching privates here and there. I was staying in New York at the time because I was tagging along with my ex who was on tour with the circus. And I was teaching this middle-aged woman who was very prim and proper nails done she looked like a professional and was always very pretty and well done and she wanted to start parkour as like something different something interesting early in the morning and our first couple of sessions like she wouldn't roll on the ground i had to lay down a a yoga (laughs) mat for her you know (laughs) yeah yeah i feel you and it wasn't until our third session when i said okay you know the moves you've drilled them you're doing them safely now put together a line. And she was like, what? I said, yeah. So from here to there, you can do whatever you want. Here's some examples. I showed her some examples. Like here you could do a lazy and you could step right into a roll, yeah. go right into, you know, uh, safety. And I said, you pick. And she, her mind just blew. And then she put together her line. I said, okay, do you think you could take out this step here? And she said, 
oh yeah, I don't need that extra step. And when she finally put it all together, I had ne- I didn't know she was capable of showing emotions. She was so stoked. <laughs> That's awesome. She was so stoked, and she said, I, "I I'm not gonna post it or anything, but could you film me?" <laughs> and I thought this was the most amazing thing ever. You know, it, it proved what I always thought that everyone could benefit from parkour and yeah. especially the people who think they can't do it. And then I imagined trying to invite her out to a jam. Oh. Right? Yeah. If yeah, she yeah, showed yeah. up to a jam and she saw all those young guys, you know, doing things that are really impressive that they trained for, but you know, people intimidating who, also. Yeah, but it's intimidating. Yeah. And then I imagined bringing her to a woman's jam and how inspiring that could have been for her. I got you. You know, that yeah, could have yeah, taken yeah. her from just taking private sometimes to wanting to be a part of this community. Totally. And I thought, I get ah, it now. Now it clicks. It's still difficult to understand. Yeah, yeah. It's almost intangible, but I get it now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so along the lines of like you always feeling included, I feel like one of the things we have to mention is what you're sporting right now. So <laughs> what is Rilla Hops? How did you get involved with them? And uh, I think you're still like, you know, a proud member of them, right? So like, what does Rilla Hops entail? Yeah, of course. Well, like I said, the first guys that I trained with, um, the guys that taught me parkour were Caleb Juliano and Gareth Norvell. And we were all just hanging out training. Caleb came down with Nikki uh, from... Honestly, Tennessee. Yeah, right. <laughs> what, what am I? Where's my brain going? Yeah. So it was me and Nikki and Caleb and Gareth and Jeff at the time was coming in and out in front of ours, Jeff and our friend Jimmy. And Caleb said, We all said, We should make a team. As you know, we should make a team and then put out videos as a team. How cool would that be? <laughs> that was the thing to do back in the days, was yeah. be on a team and put out yeah. team videos. And, yes. Caleb, and Caleb said, There's no team with girls on it. And because there they weren't at the time. And they said, we got to do this. We got to capitalize on this, man. We got two girls <laughs> that are doing jumps. <laughs> and they said, okay. So it was a no-brainer. They called the team Rilla Hops because Caleb had made a video a few years prior called Rilla Hops 100%. Okay, okay. Of just, you know, his friends being crazy, having fun. And there's a video of him and Gareth wrestling in the grass it's just the most, <laughs> it's the funniest stuff and he just tackles gareth i says you thought baby gorillas were going to be safe and i said you know what i got this i drew a gorilla in photoshop and i added that sound no way and we made rilla hops and the first video was just me and nikki called wow. girls to men <laughs> no way okay yeah and do you remember how long ago that was that you first like joined the team yes that was in 20 20- at the end of 2013, I believe, wow. or 20, beginning 2014, yeah. And do you guys still keep in touch at this point in your lives? Of course. Okay. At this point, you know, Gareth is pretty injured. Jimmy's <laughs> pretty injured. <laughs> um, you know, the curse we've of the all, parkour athlete. Yeah, the curse of the parkour athlete. Uh, we're, we're in different states. Jimmy is up north, and Gareth and Caleb are still in Orlando, but Caleb's thinking about moving to Texas, I think. And I'm in L.A. and visiting Texas, so we're far apart. But, yeah, we keep in touch. To me, those guys are family, like straight-up family, always. Crazy. Now, I know along the lines of you obviously going to college over there in Florida, uh, one of the first, like, major breaks you got was doing a live show at Universal over in Orlando, if I'm not mistaken, right? Like, what was the role that you got to play on there? And, like, what was so, like, I guess instrumental in making you want to commit to doing something like that? Yeah, well, I was a, 
I thought I was going to be a video editor. You know, of course I had aspirations of my own in terms of projects. I really enjoy making docu-series, for example. But in terms of, you know, being an adult and getting a job, I thought I was going to be a video editor. For those that don't know, you got a bachelor's in film. Yes, I got a bachelor's of science in film at Full Sail. I graduated in 2014. And I very luckily got a video editing internship at Universal Studios. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. But before and after that, I had other odd jobs. I had to film high school sports games. And then that's when I was like, how does anyone think parkour is dangerous? These soccer kids are killing themselves. For real, yeah, yeah <laughs> like, totally. Even more than the kids playing football. Yeah, <laughs> like, totally. Remember, the kid had to get carried out every freaking game. <laughs> yeah, soccer has like the most ACL injuries too. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, that's what happens when three people are trying to kick the same ball. It's yeah. just common sense. Yeah, yeah. And I also, at one point when I didn't have work for a while, I was selling dog food too. I was a dog food sales rep. And I hated it because I had to lie and pretend my dog food was better than the other one. I was like, I don't know if it's better. It doesn't uh, seem better. <laughs> but yeah. So that's when I got exposed at the opportunity to do physical work, to do stunts, to do yeah. flips for shows at Universal because Caleb had done Dermstrang. Oh, yeah. The show at Harry, the yeah, Harry the Potter, Potter show. show. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, Gareth became a monkey in the Door of the Explorer parade. Crazy. They had, yeah, they had a trampoline on a float. It was actually oh, really that's sick. sick. That's yeah, sick. Yeah, it was yeah, actually okay. really cool. And, But I think the first job that I got involving parkour, which is extremely random, before I ever did any live shows, was a commercial for Adidas. Really? No way. <laughs> With Katie McDonald. Oh, no way. Yeah, for... For Stella McCartney okay, uh, okay. in London. Crazy. I still, I have no idea how that happened <laughs> at all. I guess that goes to show how important it is to produce content. Yeah, Because yeah. they obviously found me from my YouTube videos. Totally, totally. And at that point, I don't even think I had my own website yet. Wow. So that's when I thought, this is what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> this is even an option? Yes, yes. And... I started auditioning for stuff and I got into the eighth voyage of Sinbad show at Universal, yes. which I was so stoked about because I got to be a princess that got to wear pink, but also fight demons <laughs> and swing on ropes, <laughs> except I had to kiss like a almost 50 year old sweaty Sinbad every show. And every that, show, every show, it was a, Ooh. it was real too. Like I assumed Ooh. it was like, you know, staging, a stacked no. kiss. <laughs> yeah, no, man. <laughs> It was just, oh. it was just both our lips wet. <laughs> I was gonna say mid live show. Oh lord, yeah. At the end of a show Oof. in Florida, so yes, both yes. our faces are just wet. <laughs> the things we do for money, right? Oh, oh my yeah. God. But oh, it was it was such a fun show. Especially, I I'll never forget when uh, at the end in a meet and greet, a little girl came up to me, talked to me in Spanish, and I responded to her in Spanish, and her mom said. Oh, Look, Mija, you see, it's a princess that speaks Spanish. Ah, Ahí está. Cool. And I was like, oh, it's another <laughs> one. Of, it was another one of those I get yeah, it moments. Totally. And not long after that, I got in the Flying Fish Market show. Okay. Which was, uh, we had a couple of mini tramps, a fun stage that we slid across on on our stomach. No. <laughs> it was a very small, <laughs> you know, thing. And had to just do a bunch of flips on thin mats and on concrete. Crazy. <laughs> I still, that was the body destroyer. I bet, I bet. That show was fun because we could just like screw around and mess with the audience. And I loved doing that. But 
it was six shows a day. I was going to ask how many a day. Holy crap. And the, fl- the amount of flips we did a day, I counted, exceeded 100. No way. Every day. Yeah. It Holy was. Holy crap. And everyone got destroyed. Everyone's yeah, knees yeah. went. <laughs> everyone had a shoulder tear. Yeah. <laughs> everyone. <laughs> Live shows in general, I feel like, destroy people's bodies. Yes, I agree. Yeah. It's, it's insane. It's, a, it's like the repetition or yeah. something. But, it, yeah. It's, it's a lot of shows per day, too. That's crazy. Six shows is a lot in a day. Yeah. Yeah, it was a 15-minute show, but it was, you know, right under the sun you know, in Satan, Satan's ass crack, Florida. Like it was. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. And after that, I managed to be in the first cast of the Secret Life of Pets show. No way. Yeah. Wow. At Universal, which okay. is fun. We roll out some stuff, do get to do some Webster's off some things, back tucks okay. and do some dancing. That was fun. Okay. I think something that's really important to note especially within my career and how it can apply to other people. I've always been hired for things because I can do parkour and something else. Totally. So I could do parkour and act. I could do parkour and dance. 100%. I could do parkour and, you know, host. Yes. Like in the fish, fish market show. Yes, yes. So, yeah, it's... Really important to have <laughs> a diverse skill set. You don't have to be the best no. at yeah, everything. Yeah. I think it's more useful to have an amalgamation of skills. Yeah, I tell people all the time it's best to be like a Swiss Army knife. Even in the film industry as a stunt person, yeah. if you're just good at like one thing, they're going to hire someone else who can do multiple things, especially to take you on a long run or like a movie for six months. They're going to want someone that can do fights, also do weapons, can fall, do a little parkour, a little flipping, you know? Like, so yeah, it's, it's good to be a Swiss Army knife, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And so I know one of the other live shows you got to do, because I was actually involved with it on the development side, is you actually got to work with Cirque du Soleil at one point as well. That's right. You <laughs> did work on Volta. I did, yeah. Yeah. This is a really funny story, because I was actually training with Tamala Ben in <laughs> Tampa. Okay. And it was a day that I wasn't working. I still had the three shows at Universal that I was doing. Wow. And I smashed my quad into the edge of a wall. Okay. Because I slipped in some dirt really hard. <laughs> okay. Like, I could not even hold in my tears. It was the craziest. Like, Crazy. I, I had, I, th- I still think that was some of the most pain I've ever felt. No <laughs> when I contused my quad. Yeah, yeah. I was just laying on the ground, stunned. <laughs> and my phone rang. And I said, hello, uh, is this Miss Lorena? <laughs> Hey, at least I said your <laughs> name right, yeah. right? <laughs> calling from, from Montreal with Cirque du Soleil. And I was like, you're what? <laughs> what? Yeah. So, yeah, they, they asked. That's crazy. They're like, can you be here in three weeks? I said, what? <laughs> yes. So I, I dropped everything I had in Florida and just went. And wow. thankfully, I was already friends with Erica Madrid, who yes. was already in that circus. Yep, She's yep. amazing. And... We put two and two together before they told me anything. Erica said, oh, I just injured my knee. And I said, oh, so we were both like, oh. <laughs> we know what's happening. Yeah. Wow. But, oh, she was so sweet. Crazy. It was so fun working with her over there and working in that. I, I literally felt like a princess in a fairy tale. I was like, how am I here? How am I in this incredible place that... With snow and incredible acrobats and yeah. beautiful costumes and a, an incredible stage. How is this even happening? <laughs> totally, totally. And so how long did you work on Volta for? 
I was in Volta for three months. Wow. Okay. Uh, Where'd you get to travel to for your stint of it? I only did the Canada stint. I oh, only did, wow. I mean, I only did Montreal. Oh, sick. So but, you did like the anchor show. Okay. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I, uh, but that's where I met my ex, Joel. So he was a BMX rider. And since I wasn't sure where I wanted to move, I knew I wanted to do stunts. I knew I wanted to work in entertainment. Okay. But I wasn't sure if I wanted to go for New York or LA. Uh, Miami was an extremely small possibility totally. <laughs> and Atlanta was also on the map. So okay. I joined him for the tour wow. and got my personal training certification. <laughs> no way. And okay. that's when I started taking uh, private clients here and there. And okay. yeah, I was like, screw Miami. <laughs> <laughs> so of all the live shows that you got to do from universal to Cirque du Soleil, did you see a difference in the level of, I guess, professionalism or like a bigger stage being on a Cirque stage finally? Like, was there any more pressure or did it feel the same since you had done so many live shows? It honestly, I didn't feel any more pressure just because probably because the people that I was working with were so kind and welcoming and really cool. But I also, I just really love an audience. Yes. That's, Live feedback. When I, yeah, like when I got to do Ultimate Tag, that was the dream because it was for TV, but I also totally. had an audience. Totally. I love running in there and messing with people. <laughs> <laughs> I love singling out yes. people. I know when you're a little kid, you know, I loved making core memories, you know, pointing <laughs> at a kid in the crowd. Totally. <laughs> and totally. knowing he was going to remember that. Uh, so, yeah, I, I just really like live shows a lot. And okay. I also don't take myself very seriously, so I don't actually feel afraid of slipping up okay like i would be dreadfully horrified if i slipped up in front of a stunt coordinator but a live audience i don't mind being the clown no i'll laugh okay. at myself and they'll laugh with me <laughs> and they'll remember it yeah <laughs> it's a memory oh that's yeah. awesome and so there was also another show that i know you started to get a lot of exposure on and i'm not even going to attempt to pronounce it because i'm going to butcher <laughs> it so i'll let you say the correct name of it but what was that show and where was it based out of um because it seemed like like i don't know how to explain it you'll have to explain in depth like what it is but it looked like a series of challenges and you were on teams and things like that so what was that show properly said so I don't butcher it? Yeah, so when we were back in Canada, I think, visiting my ex's family, I got another random call. <laughs> well, actually, I got an email through my website's contact submission form. Wow. I've gotten a couple of jobs through there. It's really important to have a website, y'all. Totally. <laughs> um, it, I, so have I. And it's then very important. I just got a straight-up phone call uh, from someone who was casting for a show called Exatlón, Estados Unidos. I had no chance of that. Yeah. Exatlon is weird to say. So what does that translate to? Exatlon doesn't mean anything. Oh, okay. It's just a maybe it means something in Turkish. It was made by the same Turkish guys who made Survivor. Oh, okay. It's made by Akun Media. Okay. That okay. production company. So someone decided it would be a good idea to combine Survivor with like Ninja Warrior. Okay. They were like, putting these two together makes sense. <laughs> we're gonna make that a show. And then I'm sorry. I don't know how much you're allowed to curse. I curse oh, a lot. Oh, you can curse. You're oh, totally yeah. Good. I was like, my dumb ass is like, getting <laughs> on that <laughs> might be a good yes. idea. <laughs> I actually wasn't, but my dad convinced me. Really? So okay. the premise of the show is that there's two teams. Okay. A red team, the famosos or the famous people. Okay. And the blue team, the contendientes or the contenders. Okay. And the red team was supposed to be composed of like famous people, whether they were professional athletes, ex-Olympians or actors whatever, and the blue team were supposed to be just randos. Okay, okay. <laughs> I would have been a rando. Okay. Uh, and they compete six days a week in team competitions, wow. but they also have a winning 
losing percentile individually. Okay. Uh, and each day they compete for different prizes. Once a week they compete to stay in the good house, which is called the Fortaleza. Okay. So if your team loses that week, you got to stay in the bad house, nice. which is La Cabaña. Okay. Which doesn't have a shower and you kind of oh. sleep on the floor and wow. you get less food. Okay. And yeah, so everyone is deprived of food for some reason. The Fortaleza just has more food than the cabaña. <laughs> but some of the prizes for some of the games would be like a dinner. Fancy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got you. You know? Yeah, yeah. And we were also cut off from communication to the rest of the world. So obviously no cell phones, yeah. nothing. Had no idea what was happening outside. <laughs> and where did you shoot this and for how long? So this was shot in my home country, the Dominican Republic, wow, which okay. was extra weird. Crazy. Um, and I was on it for four months because Holy I made it to crap. third place. Four months. Yeah. Did you get paid to be on the show or is it only if you win a prize? Oh God, I would have never done that okay. if I didn't get paid. Was say, it wasn't, was it wasn't say. great though. Uh, we were paid, the contendientes, we were paid uh, 2000 a week okay. for surviving, for not getting eliminated. Wow, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And the red team, some were getting like 4000 a week, some were getting even more. And all of that was literally supposed to add to the contention. They wanted us to hate each other. To see the skewed levels. Yes, of, they wanted oh, the contendientes crap. and the famosos to hate each other. Okay. Like the Turkish guys would literally like swat at us if we were talking to the other team and being friendly. No it was way. absolutely ridiculous. And what, was the, what was the grand prize? I guess what was like the goal? The, at the grand end of prize was $200,000. Holy crap. Yeah. And it, that crap. went to an individual person. But there was also a team prize. Uh, once a week when we competed, we would also compete to get to play the money game. Okay. And throughout the show, you put money in the bank, so to speak, for your team as you play the money game Got when it. you win those games. Okay. So you win your team. The team that gets to keep the cash from the money game is the team that has the most out of eight Oh, no, the most out of seven. The most out of seven okay. at the end of the show when everyone's been eliminated. Oh, okay, so whoever, okay. whichever team is left with four people and they the win. other team with like three. Wow. But we decimated the other team so bad. No way. That we won the money game when we still had six or seven people. Oh, so it was early like on. six people. <laughs> Super early on, okay. Yeah, it was like a month ahead of when yeah. it was supposed to happen. Okay. And we... The money was only supposed to go to five people, but we convinced the production to split it evenly among. Oh, the, that's cool. Yeah, I think the seven of us. Okay. Yeah. Crazy. So, thank God for that money. Because <laughs> <laughs> that show was intense. Ugh. I I fully knew that I was going to be deprived of food. Yeah. And I surprised myself with how well I coped being hungry. Wow. I mean, you can pretty much just deal with anything if you just decide to deal with it <laughs> what was harder not not having food or being cut off from the world so being cut off from the world for sure okay because i was seeing things behind the scenes that i didn't like oh. um this organization the doctors being super sketchy and i could feel myself getting on the bad side of the producers for bringing up some of these issues yeah 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 because you know some of these guys have an ego where you know they think they're king of the world and you think bringing up something very basic they take it as you know, yeah. a personal offense or a, lapse of, or a lack of gratitude. Yeah. So I didn't know how I was being portrayed on TV okay. at all. Uh, Which is tough because they're in charge of the edit. Yeah. So I, I didn't, I didn't mind sleeping on the floor. I didn't mind being hungry. Uh, it was the other stuff 
the the unprofessional things that really mess with my head. And that was the, I think that was the only time in my life where I can say that I actually experienced depression. Wow. Which I guess I would categorize as going several days without feeling any happiness at all. Yeah, yeah. Like at all. Wow, <laughs> Just being crazy. dead. And it's really humbling because there's people that suffer from this chronically throughout their whole life. Yeah, yeah. And that's just the worst thing I think I can imagine. Totally. <laughs> like, I'm so lucky. Do you think you would ever do reality TV again or did that leave a bad taste in your mouth? I, I mean, I, I'm, I already said that I'm not <laughs> working with them again. I did go back for, a second, for the second season of Exatlon as yes. a coach. Okay. Uh, for two reasons. One, because... I was really excited at the idea of being a coach because I was really bad at Exatlon. The ob every obstacle course ends with a different kind of target challenge, whether it's throwing or frisbee Ooh. or bowling or okay. soccer, weird marbles on tables, some kind of precision throwing challenge. <laughs> and I was terrible. <laughs> I'm Dominican. I'm supposed to be You're good like, at baseball. baseball. I was so bad. Yes. But I made it to third place because I practiced for two hours every morning. Okay. I literally had to make a very specific technique for each throw. So the idea of coaching that and giving a team a leg up seemed so enticing to me. Okay. I felt like I could be really helpful. And also, I wanted to pay back the favors that the local Dominicans had done okay. uh, the first time I went. Like, there was one guy. I don't, I don't give a fuck saying this now. Uh, I had... Like three months into the show, I was really, I was really, really upset and I didn't know if I should leave or not. Wow. So I, uh, escaped. <laughs> like left the show? Uh, no. Well, okay. yeah. Just went where I wasn't supposed to. Yeah. Just you know? ventured on your we own. Yeah. And I remember I programmed, we were staying in the nice house which had, which had AC and I programmed the AC remote to have the time because we weren't allowed to know what time it was. <laughs> so, totally. Yeah. And I would go out at like five in the morning and I made a friend, a Haitian construction worker that lent wow. me his cell phone. No way. Yeah. And I you called my parents. Call? Oh, yeah. crap. Crazy. Yeah. And it, yeah. And they gave, they told me what was happening on the outside. And I got, you know, back in the right mental state to decide yeah. what I wanted to do. Wow. And yeah. So I wanted to find those people and pay back the there was also a lady who threw us bread through a coconut bread that she homemade <laughs> through a bus window You're like thank you <laughs> yeah oh. they were they were you know security guards dominicans are just so kind that oh. would give us you know cookies sneak us things yes. so and so when i went back i went with my mom oh wow because i was a coach now i wasn't yeah. a lowly competitor totally yeah yeah i was only there for three weeks but we've brought like Three giant duffel bags full of stuff. Nice. And we got to find everyone, even the bread lady. Wow, and you paid her back. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Now, I know one of the positive things that came out of that is your nickname. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, and so I, I do want to say the other positive thing that came out of Exatlon was uh, my teammates. Okay. I mean, the reason that we made it so far as a team was because we loved each other. Okay. Like, I got so lucky all us, we still have a group chat, both no on way. Instagram and on WhatsApp. Crazy. We all vibed so well. And yeah, my teammates were definitely the best part of that show. Okay. And from that show, I also got my nickname. Yes. Like week two, week three or something, all of a sudden the uh, announcer called me La Hormiga Atomica, which translates to the atomic ant. Yes. And after the race was over, I was full of mud. I said, <laughs> did you guys hear that? He called me La Hormiga Atomica. I said, I hope he keeps calling me that. 
<laughs> I love it. No way. <laughs> and it stuck. Yeah, like yeah. it's still what the viewers of the show see me as. Wow. And I'm very happy about it. <laughs> I'm very grateful for that nickname. I love it. So funny. I mean, it's even translated over to when you went to uh, Fox and did Ultimate yes. Tag. That was your nickname as well, right? Yeah. Sometime after X at Law and I got called too for to do ultimate tag crazy. that was also a phone call. this is crazy how many things happened from i was like thank call. god you have your yeah. phone number listed somewhere right yo yeah. this is crazy yeah i just did like a zoom audition and okay. then they flew us a bunch of us out there to test and they were coming out with coming up with like superhero type nicknames for yes. everybody right yes yes and they kind of asked us if we had any and I told them, oh, yeah, well, I was La Hormiga Atomica in this show. And they said, say no more. <laughs> Done deal. <laughs> and they uh, made my hair purple, yes. which I, I had no idea was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually asked them, I said, hey, since this show is a little bit more whimsical and we're going to have costumes, can I dye my hair? Because I wanted to, like, make the tips of my hair blue or something or whatever color you guys want. Yeah. Yeah. I said, I've always just wanted to, you know, dye my, my ends, some kind of fun color. Okay. And they said, Oh, don't worry. We'll take care of that. We for got you. you. And then the, the guy just made my whole head purple. <laughs> <laughs> be careful what you wish for. Oh, I was oh. stoked. Cause I said, Oh, I thought it was just going to be the end. And the hairdresser, <laughs> he's JR hair God on Instagram. He's incredible. He said, oh, honey, they want you to look like a K-pop star. Wow. <laughs> and I said, well, that's exactly what I want to look like. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Uh, like, what What even is that? I got to wear, like, someone who likes to cosplay. Like, I totally, got to wear a costume totally. and run around chasing <laughs> contestants. And doing parkour alongside yeah, on people a live you know. Show yeah, exactly. With an audience. And in between races, the DJ, I'd be like, play Cupid Shuffle. <laughs> And I like run in with the audience and <laughs> to make the them left, dance. To the left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. And so obviously between those two experiences, I mean, I don't know if this is, I even didn't ask, but what was your favorite one between the two? Oh, in terms of in not being depressed. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's ultimate what I'm saying. Tag, of maybe, maybe I don't need to ask. Yeah. But, uh, but I don't regret anything though. I'm okay. very grateful for the time I spent in Exatlon. Okay. I learned a lot and I grew a lot. And I also forgot to mention that's where I got two of my dogs. Pina no Coco. way. No way. How did that work? They out? had a bunch of stray dogs on the beach. Okay. And I suppose in Turkish culture in Turkey, the dogs are considered like citizens. Like everyone just oh. kind of feeds them and okay. they're considered part of society. They just take care of They're taken yeah, care of. Yeah. The street dogs. Kind of like Santorini. I don't know. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. If you've ever been to Santorini, there's just like dogs and animals that like run around. They just get taken care of. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah so... Yeah. The, there were a lot of stray dogs on these beaches. People would apparently come and dump their dogs on the beaches where we filmed because they knew the Turkish people took care of them. Wow. And there were these two puppies okay. that one of my teammates, Kenny, found like a quarter through and this the this is like mid-taping? This is while they're shooting after game interviews. Okay, okay. So it's you. after I the game. You. They're like, how did you feel? Yeah. Blah, 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 The recap blah. interview. Yeah. Okay. So we were next to one of the obstacle courses and there were these two tiny tiny puppies and they were so cute <laughs> and i uh, but they looked they were really far away from the other dogs okay they, okay they were very isolated so when the show was over i said like i said i don't know if this aired on tv i didn't actually watch the show <laughs> but but i said in the ceremonia um <laughs> if <laughs> That I fully intended on finding those two dogs if they were still alive and taking wow. them. Wow, so you went back to find them. Um, it was actually when the show was over because we had to 
stay there. We called it purgatory. Yes. Because there was like a seven day delay between okay. shooting and airing. So we had to stay. So no one knows who yeah. kicked off. Supposedly or? with no communication still. Yeah. So yeah. people wouldn't know who got eliminated. Of course. But since I made it to third place, I made it to the end where they brought our families. Oh, so okay. My mom watched my last race and she like left me her cell phone. <laughs> she left me money. <laughs> Just breaking all the rules. Yeah. Oh, so funny. Uh, she's always, she's like, Lorena, I was so worried when I saw you because you looked not okay. Wow, <laughs> that's like, crazy. It wasn't. I had an infection in my knee. I had, it was, yeah, by that time. But one of the Argentinian guys that built the obstacle courses found the two puppies for me. No way. Yeah, and he lent me his truck so I could take them to the vet. <laughs> and, and so you had to bring them back to the States or like, how'd you do this? Yeah, it was actually really easy. It was, because <laughs> they were... <sighs> they looked messed up though because they they had whole patches of fur missing they yeah, had yeah. mange wow. um one of them we turned out to have distemper that we had to deal with later no way it's an, okay. it kills dogs it's rare that yeah, she survived yeah. uh, these two sisters crazy and uh, um i took them to the vet got them their vaccinations and you know got rid of their ticks and fleas i put little outfits on them so they looked less ugly <laughs> <laughs> so they looked less sketchy and <laughs> All you need to do to bring a dog into the U.S. is have their proof of vaccination, and that's oh, it. Oh, that's it. Yeah, Europe requires Crazy. a pet passport, yeah, which yeah. sounds a lot more difficult. But okay. I just brought them, Crazy. and I put the, you know the outfit so they didn't look too messed up. No and <laughs> when I when the when I brought them through security in Miami, the security guard started looking in there, and I said, "Oh, I just rescued them." <laughs> and, I'm not and a I'm said, not an abusive dog owner. Yeah. And he said, "Oh, they're so oh. cute. I rescue dogs too." And that was that was it. Okay. They were in the states. Amazing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's so. Now crazy. they're in Texas with with my family because they became a pack with the other three dogs oh, we had. Okay, okay. Now they're super tight knit. Amazing little pack of dogs. Now, uh, of the things that you've had to overcome, obviously with Exalon being uh, something to overcome fi- uh, mentally, I know one of the things physically you've had to deal with recently is the ACL injury. Yeah. So what happened with that and uh, how long did it take for you to come back on the road to recovery? Yeah, it was such a bummer because when I got out of Exatlon, uh, I did Ultimate Tag almost a year later. Yeah. And it was then I re- when I realized that my, my shins were hurting way too much. Oh, okay. I had a bump on my shin ever since I left Exatlon, but I didn't know what it was. And I assumed it was shin splints yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't know what anything was. Yeah. I didn't know anything about anything. That's what we all think and it is. Shin yeah. splints, yeah. But in Ultimate Tag, my shins were just in agonizing pain the whole time. Okay. And that's when I found out those aren't shin splints. They were stress fractures. No way. And I felt so betrayed by every physio I had seen because yeah. it was so, they were so obviously stress fractures. Yeah, yeah. So obviously. I have a 20-minute video on YouTube explaining the difference between shin splints, stress fractures, and compartment syndrome okay. for anyone who wants to check it out. Okay. And... I still get comments from people saying, thank God for this video. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known the difference. How'd you so find I'd, out finally? An x-ray or what? Yeah, an it? x-ray. An x-ray showed like three stress fractures in my right shin, like four in my left. <sighs> yeah, and my right one had the big one that had like a big old bump. So I had to deal with that. And that is like, they can, like a single stress fracture took out Lin Yung for a long time. Wow. And I'm like eight of them. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say four and three. That's Which I don't. Um, so the thing with stress fractures is that they have the possibility of being non-union, which means deciding to not heal ever again. Totally. Never. Yeah. So I dealt with that for like a year. Wow. 
I came, I came back from that. They actually did heal. (laughs) And then I finally started training again, started getting in the groove of things. And then it was actually for a Tempest, uh, the Tempest online, online video? The online no video? way, that's when you got hurt. I'm not really a free runner, right? Yeah, like, yeah, I didn't really, yeah. if I'm being honest, I don't want to be rude, but I didn't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they kept uh, saying that we need women to submit. We yeah. need female representation. We need women to submit totally. to keep, you know, the prize money equal, to keep yes. the brackets equal. And I was like, that's true. <laughs> You're like, I get it. So I was literally, I, I had the worst mentality for training oh. that day. I was just like, I don't want to do this. No way. And I was tired. So I put together like whatever line and for no reason. Cause like you saw in the video, yeah. it's not like I valgus. It's not like my knees caved when I landed, like I landed and then my right knee just boop, wow. went on the inside. Crazy. So after recovering from stress fractures, I blew clean through my ACL. Totally tore it. 100%. Wow, just from that. That's so crazy. And it's crazy because I went to the, I don't know why. Don't go to the ER if you bust your knee. They're not going to do anything. <laughs> they don't do anything. They, they tell you to anything. just send an appointment with the doctor yeah, later. I don't know why <laughs> I thought I could get an MRI. Not the same day. I don't know why I thought I could get an MRI that day. Yeah, yeah. You can't. Yeah. If it's in but Europe, I, maybe, but not Yeah, here. right? Yeah, yeah. So I went and the doctor did all the checks on my knee and he said, good news, your ACL is perfect. I got the X, I got the MRI a few days later and the radiologist who was an old family friend was like, it's trash, man. <laughs> You're like, all right. Literally, he's, he's from New York. He was like, he's like, oh man, it's trash. No I don't even know how you didn't blow everything else. Wow. <laughs> Crazy. So did you have to go into surgery on that? Yeah, I had to get it. it there was no chance yeah, of yeah. that just magically putting itself back together. Totally. So I got a patellar tendon graft yes. and... I also had a big bone bruise on my medial tibial head. Oh, wow. Because uh, my knee dislocated when I landed and like smashed together like that. So my tibial and <laughs> femur head smashed together. Crazy. And then it snapped back in when my foot came back up. Holy but, crap. Yeah. So that was, the recovery was a pain because my mom and I, we just tend to scar excessively Got and re- overreact to invasive procedures. But the bone bruise healed itself. <laughs> And I actually think that's because I had to run like 50 times on a wow. <laughs> on a stunt job last year. Okay. I think I honestly, it, the same thing with my stress fractures. I honestly think the additional micro trauma stimulated osteoclast activity. Totally, totally. Because <laughs> my, my bone bruise disappeared. Crazy. <laughs> and so what was the length of recovery on your ACL? For me, it was longer than most people. Okay. It was uh, like there's people who are doing back tucks at six months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, it was more like nine months. Nine, Still not ten. bad though. Still less yeah. than a year. Okay. Yeah. And the thing is, I say to getting back to like 85% of what I was doing before. Yeah, yeah. You know? So I'm, I play the long game now. <laughs> yes. You know, I'm not the rubber child that I used to be. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And I... I parkour is something that I want to enjoy when I'm 90. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And parkour is something that I want to do regardless of whether I'm good or not, regardless of whether I get any views on Instagram. Like I just want to jump on some curbs and be happy. So I'm being patient. Okay. Okay. (laughs) You know, not trying to be too crazy. Totally. But thankfully I, my knee is good now. Wow. That is super crazy. Yeah, I know how difficult injuries can be. Uh, more so sometimes mentally for people coming back. It's like just yeah. lack of faith and trusting it and stuff. Do you feel yeah. fully confident in it now to train pretty normally? 
Um, yeah, I haven't done a bunch of flips yet. Okay. Um, just because I also, you know, now that I'm getting more stunt work, which I also really enjoy, all I've ever wanted to do was work in movies. Totally. I went to film school, you know? <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> it's yeah, my yeah. other dream, parkour. Exactly. Like, yeah, so I'm being extra careful with that. But it's always been stable, and that's because I've always done a lot of single leg Romanian was, deadlifts. <laughs> and I commented on your page this yeah. last week because that's the thing I hate more than anything at PT is SLDLs. Oh, really? Yeah, I just don't like doing them. On, I yeah. mean, you kill it. You're so, oh, for those that don't know what we're talking about, her single leg deadlifts are insane. And she does them on like BOSU balls and all kinds of different things. You do them weighted, unweighted. So yeah, you've always cross-trained, I guess, right? Thank you. Yeah, like I said, when I was with my ex uh, in about... 2017 2018 i got my personal training certification ah, makes sense and i okay. learned a lot okay and i have to either watch a buttload of seminars or get more certifications to recertify that okay so the next thing i did was uh, the corrective exercise specialist wow. certification okay and i actually just finished my certified nutrition coach Sick. Uh, course so i learned a lot caleb had already taught me a lot about uh lifting and prehab <laughs> yes so now yes, i learned yes, even yes. more and i had a much better understanding of how it works and why it works okay so i i'd like to think that's why i didn't blow everything else in my knee even though it like fully dislocated totally yeah um and i'd like to think that's why it felt stable even in the earliest like instability is not something i ever felt in my knee just pain okay. <laughs> And so how many days a week do you cross train and what do you do in addition to SLDLs? Do you do like full body conditioning? Cause I also see you do like a lot of upper body stuff sometimes in your posts yeah. as well. Everything else is pretty much what I do for fun. <laughs> um, yeah. But I think uh, strength training is really important for power sport like parkour. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because if you look at uh, precision jump, whether you're landing a standing precision or landing a running precision, the, landing aspect like let alone let alone the taking off the landing aspect totally. is a loaded eccentric yeah, yeah your momentum is the weight yeah yeah totally. so you're basically you're doing a squat doing a weighted squat is the best thing you could do if you're a jumping athlete yes i and it you know it increases your basal um metabolism rate it, it increases your muscle density and it also makes you more explosive and a lot of people don't get this like how does lifting heavy weight make me more explosive just because you have muscle doesn't mean that your nervous system can tap into it fast enough totally. to perform a jump. Totally. A jump happens in the fraction of a second, or at least it should, yeah, yeah. especially a reactive jump like a plyo or a stride. So when you lift a weight that's very heavy, you are training your nervous system to recruit as much of your skeletal muscle as it can, okay. as quickly as it can, in order to support the weight. Okay, okay. So... I'm a big proponent of squatting. Yes. You don't have to do it a lot. I think once a week, even once a week, but twice a week is what I like to do. Okay. Um, and it doesn't have to be anything crazy. It just depends on what your goals are. Crazy. And um, I, calisthenics, like pull-ups and stuff, I just enjoy it. 90% yes. of parkour is pulling when it comes to upper body because it's, it's climb-ups and climbs. So it's funny looking at parkour guys, tiny biceps and huge <laughs> triceps. <laughs> so true. <laughs> And, um, something that I'm really advocating for now, which if you had told me a year ago, I, w I would have called you crazy. Okay. I'm really advocating for Pilates now. Really? <laughs> I really okay. think everyone should do Pilates. Wow. Okay. Like I said, I've always done very functional exercises yeah, yeah. that translate to sport. So all of my exercises target compound muscle groups, not just, 
isolating anything. Totally. And they're all very functional to movement and for efficient hypertrophy. But there's things you miss. Yes. And what happens with Pilates is that Pilates finds and strengthens that 1% of auxiliary muscles, whether it's smaller muscles or stabilizers, you know, your obliques, even your tendons, and brings it up to snuff with the rest of your body. Okay. Once you fill out that 1% that you're missing, you unlock so much strength. I can imagine. It's crazy. It's so much more effective than trying to make your quote unquote big important muscles even stronger. Totally. It's targeting your other muscles because the Pilates, at least the Pilates that I do, which are from a YouTube a YouTuber called Move with Nicole. I know who that is. Yeah. Yes. 100%. I know I, exactly who that I'm is. I'm obsessed. <laughs> totally. Like the, the majority of her Pilates is some kind of plank variation. Yeah, yeah. Straight up. So it just targets all of my weaknesses and Crazy. obliterated them. So when I went bouldering, I hadn't gone bouldering in like five months. And I went back and I went with someone who was much more experienced than me, who had been climbing frequently. And I was cheesing wow. <laughs> these routes, man. Crazy. Pilates, everything feels different now. No way. <laughs> I was cheesing those routes. I was just, you know, hanging in a full overhang yeah, yeah. by my head fingertips and toes and I was chilling. <laughs> no way. Okay. Yeah. Unfortunately, I feel like, especially in like a male dominated sport, like parkour, for, for example, we just view things like yoga and Pilates as very feminized forms of workouts. Mm -hmm. But like I tell my friends all the time, like I go to yoga and I'm the one sweating and shaking more than any of the females <laughs> in class. You guys, I'm like, we just don't target all these little stabilizers exactly. that are focused upon, you know, exactly. So. Even if you do the most functional exercise, totally. even if you're like, yeah, I'm a cross training athlete. <laughs> I only do functional stuff. Yeah. Machines are for losers. You still don't get everything. Yeah, totally. But when you're doing a half hour workout, that's pretty much planks. You get everything. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And that's the best part. This girl's videos, they're 25, 30 minutes and you're done. Yeah. And I can just shut off my brain, listen to her nice voice and it's completely changed everything I do. All right. I'm going to try some Pilates. All right. It, I'll yeah. try some. Even in Taekwondo, I'm so happy because I did karate as a kid. Yeah. But it turns out what I thought I was actually just doing Taekwondo. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that. It's really weird. I got so into, funny. I got into K-pop and I thought it's uh. weird that they used Korean commands in my karate class. <laughs> Like, Should have been Japanese. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was like, it was, isn't that? Wow. Yeah, that's weird. And then I started uh, doing Taekwondo with yeah. Simon. Shout out Rhee Simon Ree. Cindy, yeah, and yeah. Cindy Ree, and and I just kind of finished the first form Cindy was showing me. She said, "Yeah, you did Taekwondo. You did Taekwondo." <laughs> <laughs> so that's now hilarious. I'm so now I'm taking it up again from scratch, Crazy. and I'm really excited because this time I intend to see it all the way through oh, and. Yeah. I feel the difference that having done parkour ah, makes yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. compared to when I was a kid. Totally. Parkour and now Pilates. Like, I just feel like the most elite human that I've ever been. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. All right, shout out Pilates. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, hell yes. And so like we kind of touched on briefly, I know one of the things you're really trying to delve in now, especially being out here in Los Angeles, you have the opportunity to pursue it more so, is diving into the world of stunt work and uh, getting the chance to. Uh, I, you may not be able to talk about it tons, but I know that one of the projects you did get to work on recently is a Doctor Strange film, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it, it feels weird because I don't see any of the other stunt people who worked on it posting on Instagram. So I don't want to be the first one because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just in the reshoots. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, feel like, <laughs> like I, but it's on IMDb, you know? Yeah. I uh, doubled 
America Chavez, the character America Chavez, who was played by Sochi Gomez. Okay. Which is amazing. Who she's amazing. And the reshoots of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Sick. That was like end of October through mid-December. Wow. Okay. And so like of all the jobs that you've done so far, is that the one that's the most memorable as far as your stunt career is concerned or what one sticks out in your mind, I guess? That one's definitely the most memorable. Okay. I Again, I <laughs> I was sitting in my car with uh, a friend in Texas because we were working on some stuff from my mom's gym and I get a phone call, a phone call. This phone of yours. And, yeah. And, <laughs> and he says, uh, uh, hi, it's uh, it's so and so with Doctor Strange, and I, and I just looked at the guy sitting next to me. I was like, oh, people, <laughs> I have to audibly gasp because if you're listening, you can't see my yeah, face. You're like, what? <laughs> I was stunned, and he said, "Can you be here tomorrow?" And I said, "Yeah, yeah, I can be there tomorrow." Crazy. They needed a parkour girl because there was a parkour scene. Ah, okay, okay. So they needed a more or less parkour specialist, and I also turned out to be a really good physical match for the actress. Okay. So, which was really cool. Super sick. So it was the second time, the first time in my life where I felt like a princess whisked away in a fairy tale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rude, rude as a fly. <laughs> um, was in the circus. It happened again. Totally. I show up to this massive green screen yes. world. <laughs> well, first I got to do rehearsals, which is really fun. Okay. And then we start shooting and I'm in this green screen world of madness, yes. <laughs> shall we say. Yes. And I'm, again, a princess whisked away in a fairy tale. How am I even here? <laughs> I got to see some beautiful sets and got to shoot at Paramount Studios, too. Yes. And made, I learned so much from my team, from the people there. Samuel Lay was coordinating. Oh, okay. I was going to ask who it was. Yeah. And he taught me so much. And Martin DeBoer was yes. also like an onset, like, I, I called him my Angelito on set because yeah, yeah. he was just looking out, you know? I worked with Martin on one of his first films like over 10 years ago. No way. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, he was so kind. And the rest of our stunt team, Josh and Steve, the Riggers, and Brittany Servideo yes. uh, came on to double uh, Rachel McAdams. Awesome. And and Seth Duhame was also... Yes. The whole team was so kind. I just... I keep getting really lucky where even in a place like Exatlon that was, didn't feel great to be in, I've had the opportunity to work with such kind, amazing people. Totally. Like, I don't know how I keep getting so lucky. <laughs> and Sam Raimi was a dream. Okay. He was super gentle and soft-spoken and kind. Totally. And I've heard that there are directors that cannot be. <laughs> <laughs> no comments. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah, I was like, I don't even know. And... My actress, Sochi Gomez, she is so talented. She learned, she straight up does parkour. No way. Yeah. Awesome. She, awesome. This is really cool. Pamela Forster, yeah, who's a yeah. longtime friend of mine, yes. was her main double for the film. Parkour OG. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Pamela had already been training her. Sick. So by the time she got here, she already had it in her bones. And awesome. Sochi also does wushu. Oh, okay. Which is really cool. Totally, totally. So working with her was also a dream. She's also super nice and really chill and... So cool. Yeah. And so is that the focus nowadays? Is it to focus predominantly on stunt work or what is the focus of your career at this point? My focus is absolutely 100% stunt work. Okay. It was before I ha just had, you know, these setbacks, these injuries, but my mom has this weird sense of knowing. 
I call it unknowing. Okay. I swear this woman creeps me out sometimes. She says things and they happen because she told me, Lorena, don't worry. I'm not counting on you for this gym because I know as soon as we get close to finishing, you're going to get like five jobs at once. Yeah. And I told her, well, it's been a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been almost two years. I said, there's literally no mechanism by which that could just randomly happen. And then it happened. Yeah. Like at the same, around the same time I got Dr. Strange, I also got a Toyota commercial and a TJ Maxx commercial. No way. And then I just did a, a little Dickie commercial. <laughs> and, oh yeah. yeah and now yeah, I'm, totally. now I'm going to do a day on another show and I don't know how it's happening, but I'm going to train really hard to hopefully deserve it. Hell yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. They say what, uh, luck is when opportunity meets preparation. Yes. So, yes. Yeah. You've put in the time and work, you know, oh, so, it's not, you so much. it's not by any chance, obviously. So yeah, just keep it up and don't get injured and you'll be good to go. Exactly. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. All you can do is prehab and rehab and yes. otherwise you just have to accept the fact that sometimes shit just happens. Yeah. It's an inherent part of our sports. Yeah. I think I, I, I get really annoyed sometimes with this kind of old school parkour mentality. The like, don't be a bitch mentality yeah, or it's just, just it. your mental yeah. Or, you know, that coming back from an injury is more mental than it is physical, which I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. But also, th a lot of people also like to say that injuries only happen when you're not in the right mindset. Sometimes shit just happens, man. Yeah. Under, especially when you're doing stuff that's inherently risky. It could just yeah. happen, you know. So. Which is why it's good to have other hobbies. So this is venturing a little bit into a different topic, but I think it's really important like the parkour sad boy syndrome. Yeah. Like you, you know exactly what I'm talking I about. Exactly I don't even have to explain about. it, you know, but explain it for our audience. though. yeah. So I totally know what you're talking parkour about. Parkour sad boy syndrome <laughs> is when, <laughs> cause I see it primarily in men. Oh, and I yeah, think yeah. that has a lot to do with the fact that, you know, the sexism in society where men aren't given the tools to cope with emotion from the time they're little kids. Such a great way to explain. And it. it's, which is not cool. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. I think there's a lot of guys out there that, especially back in the day, kind of made parkour their whole identity. Yes. And when that identity gets challenged, they kind of lose it. Yep. And they often lose it in a big dramatic way. Yep. Like severe anxiety, severe depression, sometimes full-on mental breaks. Yep. So I think it's really important, one, to have healthy coping mechanisms for emotions in general, and having a support system of friends, you know, yep, yep, and yep. other guys and girls that you can talk to to process these feelings. Totally. And but also not making a sport your whole identity. Correct. And having it define you completely. And yeah, and having it define you completely. Like I'm Lorena Parkour on Instagram, but I know that parkour doesn't define me. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. I like that name. I like how it sounds. Yeah, I also yeah. love the fact that I love parkour is not going to change. Right. Totally. So I'm Lorena Parkour on in, on socials, but I like to do a lot of stuff. Totally. I like to sing and play the ukulele. I like to, um, now I like to read books. <laughs> I like to. <laughs> and do Pilates. <laughs> yeah. And I do, you know, I have a lot of different things to throw myself at. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's really important for everyone to have that. Yeah. For everyone to find a hobby, find an interest, find friends outside of the parkour circle. A lot of people for the longest time, even my close friends always looked at me and they're like, you're a psycho. Why do you take on so many different hats? Why do you try to do all these businesses outside? And I'm like, dude, because 
I've been injured so many times in my life that I know that if that gets taken away from me, I'm going to lose my mind. And I have yeah. to have these other things to focus on and divert my energy into in order to make sure that I'm not defined by something that gets taken away because I can't train for nine months, you know? Yeah. When that happens, it's like you said, you get the sad boy syndrome, you kind of just lose everything and you don't really know what to do with your life because you've spent every day just honed in on one thing. So. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And you see it happen over and over again. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> so yo with that being said uh this is a question i ask everyone before we get out of here so i'm super curious about your answer because you've been so well-rounded in everything you've done in your life um, you. i'm curious as to see if you've thought this far ahead where do you see yourself five years from now and then where do you see yourself 10 years from now well i feel like it would be presumptuous to say that i see myself there but my goal what i've written down in okay. my bullet journal better way to say it yeah that I want to get so much stunt work that the phone doesn't stop ringing and I have to take a break from working because I'm sick of working because I'm working so much. <laughs> like, that's what I want to do. I just it's want a, to work in movies. It's a good goal. That's all. I just want to work in movies so bad. Okay. It's in any goal. capacity, but namely in stunts, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good goal. I'm going to tell you from someone that's hit burnout a few times, it's something that you never realistically think is going to happen. So it's good you already have that on your plate to yeah. know that mentally you do have to take breaks because I've gotten to that point where I was gone out of town 11 yeah. months out of the year making the most money in the world, working on the biggest movies in the world. And then I almost hit depression yeah. because I lost my identity and I almost became defined by my work because it was like an everyday thing. So it's good yeah. you already know that. Yeah. I think something, yeah, I think something that also helps for me personally, um, for the, the reshoots, they were long for the reshoots. Uh, it was like uh, two and a half months, three yeah. months. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I am good about getting up early and having me time. So and that's actually when I started Pilates. It was working on Doctor Strange. Okay. So I would get up at 4.30 if I had to. Yeah. And I would have an hour, two hours to myself. Totally, totally. So that definitely, because when you when you finish a day at work, you don't want to do anything. You're too dead. People don't understand. So yeah, if you yeah. just wake up, work, and come home, I can totally see myself losing um, sight of yes. the boundaries between what is work, Lorena, and what is Lorena, Lorena. You totally, know? yeah, yeah. But I... As long as I can have that little me time in the morning, I think I'll be good. So I hope I'm blessed enough to get to the point where I have so much work, I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> I'm going to try my best to make that happen. <laughs> oh, yeah. It'll happen. Like I said, just put in the time, don't get injured, and the rest <laughs> will go according to plan as long as you still have that same phone number that keeps working. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh, yeah. So, yo, before we get out of here, do you mind looking into this camera and tell people where they can continue to stay up to date with your own personal journey? And if you want, shout out the gym that you guys got coming out soon, too. Yes. So I'm Lorena Parkour on all the socials on Instagram and everything. Lorena Abreu on YouTube and uh, the gym. <laughs> Sorry, I blanked out. The gym that we're building in Far, Texas, uh, close to McAllen, Texas, is called Kiskeya. So if you look up K-I-S-K-E-Y-A, I'm glad I didn't mess that up, <laughs> parkour, you should find it. We got the website up and everything. Kiskeya Athletics. Hell yeah. Yo, with that being said, guys, please be sure to hit that like button, comment, subscribe for brand new episodes each and every week. Join us every Monday for Jam Breakdowns and every Friday for brand new Jamcast interviewing influential members of the movie community like Miss Lorena Abreu herself. So that being said, guys, I got to give one more very special shout out. Thanks for coming through. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. <laughs> and as always, guys, coming at you, coming through, I'm your host, Travis Wong. Thanks for joining us here on another Jamcast. Until next time, we'll see you all soon. Peace.